Our reading this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 to 9. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines, of rich food filled with marrow, of well-aged wines strained clear. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples, the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. Then the Lord God will wipe away the tears from all faces, and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, Will you please pray with me? Good and gracious God, we give you thanks for your presence. Your presence that saturates the earth and saturates our soul and comes around us. We pray that that presence will be felt and that we may hear your word for us today. Amen. So I spent uh, most of my 20s living in Cairo, Egypt. And uh, one of my favorite spots to hang out in was this cafe called Fishawi's. It was tucked in a little alley in a spice market in a section of town that was a thousand years old. And it was sort of famous, so it was a tourist spot by day. But then around 11 p.m., the tourists would head to their hotels, and the Egyptians would come out and hang all night until the tourists would return in the morning. So this little cafe, Fashawis, it it didn't close. And rumor had it that it had been open for 300 years without closing. And so I would head there with my friends late at night, and we'd drink tea and smoke hookah and argue about Arab politics. And on one particular evening, or possibly morning, after my friends and I finished up, I wandered, you know, I got up and wandered down this narrow little alley until it spilled out into a wide street where I found a sacred moment. As I entered the street, I saw a a crowd of people standing in a circle. In the middle was a man on a microphone with uh, singing as distorted music played from a speaker behind him. All around him, people were dancing. Rather, they were praying. They were Sufis who were spinning and dancing as a form of worship. And it was not at all normal to see Sufis dancing in the street. This was actually, maybe I only saw it twice in the years that I lived in Cairo. But this was not a normal day. This was a mulid which is a holiday when usually mainly Sufi Muslims dance and pray to celebrate a saint who's been a hero in their faith. And a mulid in particular is it's distinct to Islam. But when I first learned that they had mulids and saint days, I was pretty surprised how similar that felt to Christianity. Because we too have days of the year where we remember particular saints. Like um, St. Francis has his own saint day, and on the saint day of St. Francis, we bless the animals because he's the patron saint of the animals. And those are happening actually 
every day in the calendar is filled because there are like 700 saints and 365 days. So we have one day where we celebrate all of the saints and not just the saints in, in the way that we think of them, more the way that Emily was talking about. The holy people who've made an impact on our lives. All Saints Day is not about the famous saints, but simply the people who've been holy to us. And Christians aren't the only group of people who remember their spiritual ancestors. In addition to the Sufis and Mulids, uh, ancestor veneration is present in pretty much every known culture throughout time. I started to like read it, and I was like, oh, this is going to take way too long to list. I'll just say everyone, because it's more or less true. For thousands of years, just to stay local, our uh, thousands of years, ancestor veneration has been a central aspect of the spirituality of the Puyallup tribe. And then to go far away, in in Vietnam, you know, they, they don't really celebrate birthdays much, but they celebrate death anniversaries. And the reason that we are doing All Saints Day now, and we did Halloween this earlier this week, is because November 1st was the day where there was an ancient Gaelic festival in Ireland. This is the day that's halfway in between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice. And they chose that day to honor their ancestors. And then, as I said, the church had a vigil the day before called All, ha- All or Hallows Eve. And, and a lot of Christians actually believed that around this time, the veil between the living and the dead, the material worth, world and the afterlife, it thinned. So in order to prevent recognition by any mean soul, people would wear masks or costumes to disguise their identity. It's where we get Halloween from, from an ancient tradition of remembering our ancestors. And, and all of these cultures have their own distinctive rites and spirituality. But there's this, this common spiritual thread of remembering those who've come before us. It, it seems that something happens to us when we stop and realize that the line between life and death is quite thin. Something happens when we pause and, and say out loud that, that those who we have loved and are no longer with us on earth, they, they seem to be somehow as- alongside us every step of the way. It's like they're, it's like the physical absence and spiritual presence rub against one another and create something beautiful. When we're reminded that the world didn't begin with us, we are not alone as we walk through this world, and we won't be lost after we die. If we slow down enough to think about it, we're reminded that that people have walked these lands and fished these waters for longer than our collective memory can recall. This place didn't begin with us, and it doesn't belong to us. Even our faith doesn't belong to us. We inherited a rich spiritual tradition that was passed down through thousands of generations of people who shared their experience and their knowledge of God and spirit. But it's not just a memory. We're connected to the saints who came before us. For me, the saints that I remember on All Saints Day are 
are the people who shaped me, both personally and spiritually. There are folks who loved me and folks who I loved, and actually some folks I never met, but whose spiritual wisdom lives on in me today. And I, I believe I have some sort of spiritual connection with these folks that I don't really understand. Like, maybe they're watching down on me from heaven and aware of my daily life. Or maybe it's only a spiritual presence that, that dwells inside my soul and continues to live on with me. I'm not really sure. But their spiritual presence feels like a promise that we're not lost when we die. I actually think this is one of the things that, that the Bible is talking about when it's describing eternal life, particularly in the Gospel of John talks a lot about eternal life like this, as, as a life that's rich and real and spiritual and not confined by biological death. So we take one day out of the year to name the saints, to remember, and to give thanks to God that they live on in our lives. And on this day, we have a reading that comes from one of those ancestors. His name was Isaiah. He shared a vision of what eternal life looked like. He, I like his vision. <laughs> he, he said it was a feast of rich food, well-aged wine, and peace between all whose bodies fight in this life. His vision of God's future is a table that brings people together. And and maybe that's a little bit like that cafe in Cairo. For 300 years, there's been this feast that's continuous. People come and people go, but the table remains constant. And if we look, we can see that table connecting us. The I don't know, the, the European family on holiday, the young Egyptians who gather to argue about the future of the Middle East, the groups of people from Korea on pilgrimage, and the generations of spice traders that passed through that market. We all sat in the same place, breathed the same air, drank the same tea, smoked the same smoke. There was this place and this meal that welcomed us. And for some, that was just a place to rest tired legs in between shopping. But for those who chose to remember the generations of people who came before, that, that meal could be something more. It could be a spiritual presence that, that Isaiah found at his table 2,500 years ago. And the presence that Jesus shared with his friends, it was simply, it was more than simply a meal. It was a communion of saints whose presence blessed those tables and awaits us at our table today. So this morning, we are going to remember the saints. We will name them. You have a, a ribbon that you got in your bulletin. And actually, if you didn't get one, there are probably some around and you can slip and grab one. And I also think that there were some pens that we, we passed out. And we want to invite you to write a name on it. Name the saints that walk with you. The ancestors at the table. The ones who have a deep spiritual presence within you. Well, we're going to give a few minutes to write those down, and then we'll pass them in with the offertory. And then we'll read the name of our saint, the names of our saints. And we'll actually tie them on to the banner that adorns our communion table. This, this table of saints and sinners, ancestors and generations yet to come. This place where Christ meets us. 
and welcomes us all. So as we prepare to remember the saints, let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for the saints who walked down the hallways of our lives. We give you thanks for their hands lifted in prayer, whether they were manicured hands or hands stained with grease and oil, whether they were strong hands or hands gnarled with age. These were holy hands. And we thank you, O God, for all the saints who left their mark on the earth for you, for us, and for our children to come. Bless the memory of your saints, O God, and may their presence be ever in our lives. Amen.